Welcome to the Identity Podcast. The best jewellery in the universe is made by Cam. And I want this to stay on the podcast because this is a formal advert for Camille. What's your same name, Cam? Sarah Camille's jewellery on Facebook. She does lots of American... Uh, well, Kiss of Eden, or, or sort of, and lots of American, Native American style in, inspired jewelry. And it's absolutely amazing. So if you're listening to this podcast, go straight to Facebook and look for Sarah Camille's Kiss of Eden jewelry and buy masses, and you will be so blessed. Yes. Yes. And we bless you, Sarah Camille, with monster amounts of, of business and cash and. Yeah. This is going worldwide now, so if you hear this, just agree with this. Amen. Yeah. I just wanted to bless you, Sarah, with that, Cam. Um, yeah, and also, I started off, t- today's subject is uh, forgiveness. And you remember I said that talking about yesterday's subject was the best subject in the universe. Well, I've changed my mind. This one is. <laughs> <laughs> Forgiveness is, in fact, what created the universe, in my opinion. So it is so central to the way the universe is, the way the universe operates, the reason for the universe existing, that uh, it's just the most important subject in the whole universe. Anyway, like I say, I say that about every subject I teach. I'm like, this is true, this one. Anyway. Forgiveness, and it also remember, we also started with, a, you were obviously past the activation to begin with, with me turning up 10 minutes late and forgiving me, so thank you. So you're all functioning in the flow of forgiveness. Um, forgiveness. Why is it so important? Have we got my picture on? There's a great picture on the screen behind me of a, a, a massive hand with the whole, that's supposed to represent the whole cosmos, the whole universe, in fact. That's supposed to represent, uh, I think it's just our solar system, but anyway, it's kind of representing the whole universe, the whole of creation, kind of, in God's hand. His hands are way bigger than that, but anyway, that's it. It, it looked like a good picture I could use to illustrate it. Right, forgiveness. I'm going to ta- I'm going to start with two stories. Uh, fairly shortly after we moved into our house, very, very shortly, in fact, um, um, a, a lady bought the house, well, I don't know how long after it was, it doesn't matter, time scales don't matter. Uh, a lady moved into a house at the end of our garden. The end of our garden was, it was a peculiar, narrow garden, and the driveway to the garage was right at the end of the garden abutting the next door neighbor's wall and because there wasn't really enough turning space to use the garage as a garage realistically I changed it into a shed a garden shed Um, not that you really need to know that but um, anyway this lady moved in she was called Barbara bless her absolutely lovely lady we didn't know her at the time But we had had some problems with the guy who moved out prior to her moving in, the guy who sold her the house. And there'd been an access issue. 
with the, his, the end of his property because he'd built his property onto the boundary line. And we don't really know whether he'd actually asked for planning permission for this or anything. But what he had not got, he hadn't secured any agreement for access over our property to maintain the side of his building. So he's got a building there, but he can't get to the side of it because there's no, he hadn't worked out any legal access or, or paid us for any legal access, anything like that. Um, so we got wind of this at some point. Uh, when he's trying to sell his house, and we decided, hey, this is really not right. We want to make sure that before the house is sold, we want this legal access issue sorted. So we made him go through the process. He did not like this because it was going to cost him money. And it did cost him some money, and he was incandescent with rage against us because we did this. It was the right thing to do, but he could not forgive us that. And uh, there's no doubt whatsoever, he kind of jaundiced and poisoned the mind of this woman against these horrible monsters who lived in this garden, I think. That was, that's clearly what was going on. Because almost the day after she moved in, she finished up throwing out tons and tons and tons of stuff, clearing it out. Guess where it all landed? over her wall, on my drive. Huge pile of stuff. She couldn't put it in the road, uh, and she had a car in her own driveway. So I get the feeling she was really struggling because she might not have had anywhere else to put it. And she'd put it all on my driveway. You know, I've got no idea what was going on in her head. But uh, I had a chat with Sue, and I said, uh, I'm going to have to go have a word with her. I said, uh, hmm, you know, pray for me. So I went to knock on the door, and there opened the door. Fairly attractive lady. Sorry for that sexist comment. That's on tape now. And um, I said, hello, and I introduced myself. And you, I could see she was really quite guarded. And I said, uh, just want to say welcome. It's really nice to have you as our neighbor. Um, however... Uh, you may or may not have been aware that we did have some real issues, unfortunate issues with the previous occupants about access to this particular piece of uh, property. And we have no problems with you putting your stuff on our driveway. And I can see that would be really convenient for you. However, I think given the history, it would have been wise and the right thing to do to ask us at which point, I'm standing right there in her doorway. I got, I won't tell you what she said, but Im immediately after saying what she said, the door went wham, slammed in my face, about one inch away from my nose. It, <laughs> if I'd been one inch closer, I would have had a broken nose. <clears throat> that was it. And I kind of felt <laughs> trembling inside. I mean, clearly, I'd... I'd asked in the most fabulous way it was possible to ask. You have to believe that. And I went round to Sue and I told her what had happened. And immediately, because we knew our Bible, we know God, she said, look, let's treat this as a case of persecution. And Jesus says, pray for those who persecute you. 
So we sat down and what we did, we prayed. And we didn't pray like this. Oh God, make her into a nice person. Make her, you know, soften her heart or anything. What we did, we just blessed her, didn't we? Jesus says, bless those who persecute you. And we know what bless means. Bless her with God's awesome fullness and riches. So we were blessing her with health. We were blessing her with wealth. We were blessing her with influence. And we were just speaking all the incredible things, all the things that you would absolutely not naturally want to do after somebody just told me to mm, 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 and slammed the door in my face and nearly broken my nose after I'd been really nice to her. You just wouldn't normally want to do that. <laughs> but you did, because that's what Jesus says. After about praying for five or ten minutes, was it? Something like that. So, I, we, you know, I was really, really shaking because I was, I was shocked by her response. But as we prayed and as we prayed, we were kind of getting into it. And we, were, oh, we were getting really animated. And it kind of felt good as we were getting into the flow. And we were blessing her with all sorts of things. The door went. The doorbell went. I went, to, oh, I'll just see the door. <clears throat> She's there. And I, uh, hello. And she said, can we have tea? Can I go? Oh, did she ask us to come to her house? Yeah. She said, would you like to come for tea? <coughs> my jaw, ah, I had to push my jaw back up. Instantly, this woman had had a complete change of heart. And I just know that that change of heart came from not just the blessing of her, but from the forgiveness that was in our hearts, which was flowing out towards her, which says, I will not hold this against you. You are blessed. You are wonderful. You are, you are made in the image of God. You are so worth it. And so I'm going to bless you with all of these things. Forgiveness is what actually allows you to do that. Right? So, example number one. It's good, isn't it? That's a great example. You know. I, just to let you know, after that, we were the most, we were the greatest of friends, weren't we? And she finished up coming and asking us to pray for her for various things. So, so we had a great relationship with her. Example number two. I told you I'd tell you one or two things about my dad, didn't I? And um, we're all sorted, me and my dad now. And he's in heaven. So he's having a whale of a time. And I know he would be very pleased with me telling, me, with me telling you these stories. But my dad had the most dreadful, dreadful early life. I won't go into too many details. He was Polish. Uh, he got uh, press-ganged into the German army at the beginning of the war. He had to fight with the German army, otherwise they'd shoot him. So I'm kind of glad he did. <laughs> otherwise, I wouldn't have been here. Uh, and, uh, but he, he had a really difficult life. His life with my mum, the married life of harmony never really ever began and so their marriage was kind of over before it really began and married life was very 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 difficult indeed and I grew up hating my father for lots and lots and lots of different reasons 
which I don't have to go into just now. And I remember going to university, uh, and I used to be proud of hating my dad. So when I became a Christian, I tell people, yeah, I hate my dad. And I kind of thought this was really cool. And until one kind Christian came up to me one day, and he said, uh, you know, I don't think you should be doing that. I don't think you should be hating your dad. And this kind of shocked me. I thought, oh, why not? And he came from the law side of it, I guess. But uh, he said, uh, well, the Bible says uh, one of the commandments is honor your father and your mother so that it will go well with you. In fact, God commands you to honor your father when you are not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so that caused me to embark on a reassessment of my relationship with my dad, but it was never really put right for a long time. And uh, after I qualified as a doctor and I joined the church, and we were leading the youth work, and I was leading a prayer meeting in one of the houses. Um, But I wasn't right in my spirit. You know, you, you know, you know. sometimes when you just think, I just haven't got anything to offer. And uh, I'm going to jump back now to a year before when I was having a conversation with my dad. And my conversation with my dad was going along these lines. Because my mum and my dad were divorced at this stage. And he was saying, if I see her, I'm going to kill her. To me. That, mm -mm 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 -mm. I mean, lots and lots and lots of swear words. And he'd been doing this for years. My mother had been doing a little bit of it as well, but she'd got converted, she'd got saved, and she'd stopped doing it. And, uh, but my dad was still doing it. And it got to the point where I kind of just snapped. And I said, Dad, yep, I said, I've had enough. I said, I just want you to know that this mm 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 is my mother. It's my mother you're talking about. And I know that you've had real serious issues, but she's my mother. And I'm telling you, I will no longer allow you to call her those things. If you speak to me about my mum, you must speak to her in a, in a respectful way. If you cannot speak to me respectfully about my mum, then I don't want you to speak to me about her at all. And if you can't stop doing it, I just don't want you to speak to me at all. Full stop. Okay, leave then. That was it. And I left. <laughs> and my father didn't speak to me for a year. He refused to speak to me for a year. So it was kind of like that was my relationship with my father. Finished. So I thought. So back to this prayer meeting. That was a year before. Back to this prayer meeting. And I'm trying to lead the prayer meeting, but somehow in my spirit, things just weren't working. And one gracious member of the group said to me, Irving, I said, yeah. She says, you're the one we should be praying for. <laughs> so she recognized what was going on. What makes you say that? She said, and she says, well, look, you're clearly in a mess. <laughs> Thank you for your love and pointing this out to, to everybody when I'm supposed to be leading a prayer meeting. And, uh, okay, so we kind of went for it. 
And the long and short of this prayer meeting was that God suddenly started downloading pictures to me and words of knowledge and understanding. And I, and I, and I got, and he started downloading all sorts of stuff about my dad. And I suddenly started understanding and the way he was like he was. And suddenly I found myself wailing. You have to forgive me, I kind of fill up at this stage normally. And in fact, I don't have a tissue. Yeah. I started wailing, screaming. Because I was feeling the pain that was in his heart. Oh, I started feeling his pain. Oh, I was wailing and screaming and, and forgiving him all at the same time. Oh, I was screaming, wailing, forgiving, crying. And poor Jackie's carpet. I mean, she had a wet patch on her carpet bigger than this table, as big as this table. Snot, tears, everything. I'm certain she would have had to replace the carpet. I don't know what she did. <laughs> uh, and it was, it was, uh, it was just, I, you know, it felt like heaven was pouring out of me onto my dad. That's what it felt like. As I just forgave him and forgave it. It was the real, it was the real deal. Anyway, the, the prayer meeting ended. What time was it the following morning? I got a phone call the following morning before I went to work. I think it was seven, half seven. Who are you ringing me at this time in the morning? Yes. Irving. My dad's voice. Dad, can we talk? He just says, Irving, can we talk? And from that day on, we were the closest friends. He started talking to me about God. He fell in love again with his grandchildren, my boys. And it was just awesome. There was an instant change. And that instant change happened as a result, no doubt whatsoever, of what happened the previous night that sudden opening of the dams of the floodwaters of God's forgiveness released over my father. I don't know to this day, I don't really understand the physical, the spiritual dynamics of why our forgiveness of this neighbor, Barbara, should have unlocked her. It certainly did something for us, but it unlocked her. And my forgiveness of my father unlocked him. Awesome. And those were, those were just two simple examples I wanted to start with about the, some of the effects of forgiveness. Now, the way that Barbara and my father were unlocked isn't really the theme I'm talking about today. But I just want you to know that forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness is real. Forgiveness does things. That's the message, okay? So, 
Back to my images. I just want you to have a look at this image because I'm going I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, anchor the issue of forgiveness theologically for you. Theologic, theologically, philosophically, cosmologically, however you want to see it. And the picture we're looking at is of this giant hand holding the universe in his hand. And I think we can all relate to that picture of God, can't we? What it doesn't really indicate very much is God's relationship to time in there, right? If we could actually have a picture representing that universe from beginning to its end, all of that would be in God's hands. Would you agree with that? Does anybody have a problem with that? The whole of time being in God's hand as a sort of, and he's looking at and it's all kind of now. Does anybody have that problem with that? So the next picture is just, just the same picture, but it's a picture of... Am I? Am I? Sorry, come on. Can you do it? There you go. So similar, same picture, except I've, that's a picture of our world and there's a book there book representing a, bin- a beginning of the book and the end of the book. So I, so I kind of, I, just, I was just playing on the internet, pulling out a few stock photos, you know, which kind of would represent that. Representing the beginning of time, that's the opening page of time, closing page, all right? All of it in God's hands. And uh, does anybody, I, I guess none of you really have a, a trouble with understanding that, you know, God is kind of, has created time. Time is, time is a, a kind of artificial construct, isn't it? Time is essentially a sequence of events. We understand this, don't we? For us, I mean, if you start talking to Stephen Hawking's and uh, Einstein, you might get, kind of get your concept of, of time and what time is, start getting screwed up. But... Just stick with my simplistic understanding of time, will you, for a while. That's the beginning of time. Where somewhere in the page here, and at the end of time, all gets wrapped up. But the whole thing is in God's hands. And, uh, and you remember on the, the transfiguration story where Jesus goes up the mountain. And uh, who appears on the mountain with him? Moses and Elijah. Right? Past guys. But suddenly, they're now in the present, right? So they did a time warp. Yeah, Rocky Horror Movie coming out. And uh, so they were doing the time warp shuffle, uh, Moses and Elijah getting into Jesus' present time. So this is, this is God mucking about with time here, wasn't it? And, and, uh, and you remember Jesus said to uh, his disciples uh, before, he was talking about Abraham. And who Abraham was. And you remember what Jesus said before? Abraham was, I I am. Before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus was describing himself as timeless, outside of time. It's all, I am and I am. Right? I am constant now. It's all now for God. There is no past. There is no future. that's, That's how we experience it. We're stuck here somewhere on the pages of this book. 
Everything that was before it was the past. This stuff here is in the future. But for God, it's all, say it, it's all now. All right. Now, why am I talking about it? Why am I, why am I, why am I talking about life in this philosophical way? We can put the next one on. Next pic. There we are. That's just another picture, right? The whole of creation, the whole of life, the whole of the universe. Page one, final page. Jesus is somewhere maybe there, maybe that red marker. In fact, I, I made one of my own. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? What am I done with it? <laughs> kind of lost it now. I'm, I cut it out this morning. Helps you. A little red heart. Oh, no, there it is. There it is. Here we are. Just imagine I'm God. Okay. I know that's not too difficult. <laughs> and here's my heart. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. What, what's, in my, what's in my heart? Love. Huh? Plastic foam. Yeah. Me. Yeah, you. Exactly. Yes. You got it. There's my heart. Heart of love. Right? And this is the whole of creation. Right? That's the beginning. Made the first atom. Or made the Big Bang. Whichever way you want to look at it. And that page is when the whole of the physical creation ceases to exist. If you believe that at some point it's going to cease to exist. Okay? I'm being, I'm, I'm being very broad here for the, you know, speaking to a broad church of people. Okay. So, Jesus... God makes this world. Put my little heart there. Right. Now, he makes the world. But he knows when he makes man, this is Adam here. Adam and Eve and the garden and all that on this page here. Now, God knows what's going to happen, doesn't he? Now, from God's point of view, here's, here's Adam falling, sin falling, serpent in the garden. And everything, all of these, the whole human race falling. Now tell me, from God's perspective, does he see that happening in the future? When does God see that happening? Does he see it then? Does he see it happening in the future or does he see it happening now? Is there any point in this book that is not now for God? Answer my question. There is no point in this book which is not now. The beginning of time Whew. for him. This place here, where no creation exists, is now. This place here, after creation exists, is all now. This place here, when he makes the world, <laughs> makes the earth on this page, is makes Adam here on this page, is Adam falling, is now. It's all now. So, God's making this world and Adam is falling right now in his hands. Right? Now, that's a problem for God, isn't it? What choice does, does God have? God could say, okay, well, I, I'm making this world with Adam and all humans to have free will. And I know what they, not what they're going to do with their free will, 
I'm making it knowing what they are doing. What they are doing with their free will right now. That's a problem for God, isn't it? What are his choices? He could say, okay, well, I won't make it. If it's impossible to make man with free will and blah, 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 and, 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 and they're going to abuse that free will, okay, I'm not going to make it. He could have done that, didn't he? But he didn't. Right? What did he do? He says, right now, even before the world was created, there's this here, my heart of love. And I want these people. I want them. But I can see what they're doing right now. Even before the foundation of the world, they are sinning and Adam is falling right now. Okay? So therefore, even before the foundation of the world, there has to be something else. There has to be a different part of this plan. Something which is another ingredient, which means that even though Adam is falling right now, I've got the, I've got the solution to that right now. What's that? Forgiveness. My son, Jesus, my heart of love right now is loving humanity as it's falling right now. All before the foundation of time from our point of view, but from God's point of view, it's all now. Okay, so what did he say? Okay, well, it's not going to work if I don't love them enough to forgive them. So the only thing which is going to make this whole universe work is forgiveness. It will not work without forgiveness. The universe will not work without forgiveness. So here we are, love and forgiveness. It's all happening now. And at what point in man's history am I going to choose to do the, do the big insertion into human history of that love? Right? I'm loving them all the time. But when's the big insertion when it's going to hit home to them? Okay, Jesus, when are we going to do it? There, that one, Palestine. Right? I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick you in that page. There he is. Woo! In world history now. So he's, he's suddenly in time now. He's outside of time. But Jesus was killed for us before the foundation of time. Jesus is the Lamb of God slain now in God's heart because now I'm loving man and now I have to have the solution for man's fallenness right now. It's all now for God. And yet, he puts Jesus in the pages of time. So from our point of view, that's 2,000 years in the past. We're here now in the book. Does that all make sense to you? I don't, have you, you got the picture there? Yeah, okay. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I've labored that quite a lot. But I wanted you to understand that God made creation. God made the universe. And his forgiveness of us and of the world and everything went wrong was so foundationally a part of his heart that he knew, he knew that creation and the universe couldn't really work 
without his forgiveness flowing through it all the time. And yes, he inserted Jesus into a particular time in history, his physical body. But his love, Jesus, the Bible tells you, doesn't it? Jesus was slain from before the beginning of the world. You were chosen in him from before the beginning of the world. From his point of view, it's all now. Yeah? Okay. And now, you are in him. <laughs> and you now, you know, he is in you. So therefore, what is in you? It's this. You are in him, just like you said. He is in you. The forgiveness which created the universe, the forgiveness which makes the universe work, is fully in you. Forgiveness isn't just something you do. Forgiveness is who you now are. Forgiveness is the very life and love of God which created the universe, which now exists and flows in you. Forgiveness is not anything optional for a Christian. Forgiveness is who you are. Okay. I hope I've made that clear enough. You... Uh, and again, we'll, we'll gonna, we're going to do a little chapel on this later on. But uh, you'll remember, and again, this is another little theological thing. You remember in the Garden of Eden, and the Bible says there were rivers flowing out of Eden and flowing into the garden, watering the garden. And trees of life sprang up in the garden, it says in Genesis 3. Right? All sorts of trees, and the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as well. There's, there's rivers and trees in the heart of God. And um, it, as you read through the Bible, you come to the Old Testament prophets, Ezekiel, in chapter 47. If, you, if you've read this, Ezekiel has this vision and he sees the temple of God in the vision, which is a picture of heaven. And out of the temple of God, coming from under the door of the temple is this river. And it gets deeper. And deeper, and he tries to walk in it, and he's up to his ankles, and he tries to walk in it, goes, and he goes another kilometer, and it's up to his knees. He goes another kilometer, it's up to his waist, and he goes another kilometer, and the, the river's so deep, uh, you, you, you're just out of control. It's flowing fast, and, and, and it's a picture of, the, of these waters. Again, another picture of the waters of God. And if you read in Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel says, and on either side of the river sprung up, trees of life and those trees had leaves and the leaves were for the healing of the nations and the fruit of the trees which grew in there every month in their season were for were for food feeding the nation ezekiel was talking about the very life the flow the love the heart of god flowing through his universe he was talking about this he was talking about forgiveness. He was talking about God's love, God's power. Everything that is in God flowing through his universe. It's a big picture. And then Jesus, when he came, went to the Feast of Tabernacles in John chapter 8. And it said at the last day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he went, 
And, and a, a part, of, part of that feast, the priests enacted this Ezekiel thing. And the priest poured out water and attempted to get the water to flow under the door of the temple. They're trying to enact the Ezekiel story. That's what happened in the Feast of Tabernacles on the last day of the feast. And in that context, Jesus stood up and went, whoa! Right. If anybody wants real water, come to me and drink. Because out of his heart, whoever believes in me, out of your heart, out of your belly, out of your innermost place, will flow rivers of living water. He uses the same terminology at the same time as the priests are trying to make these waters flow out. And Jesus is saying, stop, I am the real deal. I'm the one that this is talking about. It's me. I'm here. You want living water? Here I am. (laughs) You know, and if you believe in me, out of your bellies are going to flow these rivers of living water. This is your heritage. This is your calling. This is your identity. This is who you are. If you belong to me, Jesus is saying this. Out of your very self, the life that caused the universe to come into being and makes the universe work is in you. (laughs) And it's going to flow out of you. (laughs) Isn't this a great image? And right at the end, John has this incredible vision, this revelation. Read it in Revelation chapter 21. So it starts right at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 3, right at the end of the Bible, Revelation 21. John has this image of the new city coming from heaven, a picture of heaven. And in this city is the river of life. And on either side of the river of life, are trees springing up. And he says, and the trees have leaves for the healing of the nations. He's using exactly the same words that Ezekiel used. What's the message? This life of God, this river of God, this, incre- this torrent of God, this power of God, this energy of God, this love of God, the forgiveness, it just, it just flowed through the whole world, through the whole of creation from beginning to end. From Genesis to Revelation, it's, it's who God is. It's, it's, it's in his heart. It's who you are. It's who you are. You are in him and he's in you now. This is yours. <laughs> it's not a small thing. <laughs> it's huge. It's, mans- it's monster. It's massive. It is, in fact, the center of the universe. It's the center of God's heart. What makes things work? You remember the story I gave you uh, yesterday about my headmaster, Mr. Backhouse. Bless him. You weren't there. Sorry, Phil. But anyway, I'll briefly reiterate it. Um, There were some guys running a tuck shop at school. And they they were always stealing everything. And I was kind of jealous of these guys. And I just wanted to know whether I could actually get away with stealing a packet of crisps and then put the packet of crisps back and get away with it. So I managed to take the packet of crisps, but I was, and nobody noticed, but as I was putting the packet of crisps back, these guys stole everything, every day, loads of things every day. They saw me. So they grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and pulled my hair and dragged me off to the headmaster saying, this guy's stolen. A pack of crisps. I mean, it was like insane. 
when in fact I was trying to put them back. And this headmaster kept me in his office two hours until I broke down in tears and he confessed to stealing these crisps. I lied. So I had to lie to get out of it. I had to say, yes, I was stealing, when in fact I wasn't. I was simply knowing if I could get away with picking them up and putting them back. That, that was the truth. But he wouldn't let me off with the truth. I had to lie to get out of that. And what happened was in my heart, certain messages became embedded in my heart. Message number one is you have to lie to get on. And my, my whole life has been dogged with just lying, needing to lie about little things. You know, I just, just had to lie. Just create something to lie about. You know, somebody's talking about something. Ah, oh, hey, guess what I did? I did something amazingly better than that. And didn't have to say that. And it's just a lie. But, you know, kind of just had to say it to be accepted. Had to lie to be accepted. You can see where that behavior came from. Another one is I'm always going to be wrong. So can you imagine somebody who's walking through life? I just foundationally believe I'm just wrong. I'm going to always be wrong. It doesn't matter what I say. If I say the truth, I'm still going to be wrong. And I'm never going to get away with anything. You try to feel approval from anybody when you're believing that. I never felt approved ever of anybody. Anybody in authority was always going to look at me and think, ah, oh, what a wally. He's wrong. You know what I mean? Nobody was ever going to approve of me. That is kind of difficult. It feels like you're walking uphill. It feels like I'm walking through treacle trying to just get on in life and loads of other messages well god has taken me many times back to that memory of mr backhouse and every time i go there i just i know what i have to do now <laughs> i don't need to tell you what i have to do now i just forgive him i forgive you give you i forgive you i forgive you for doing that i forgive you for making me believe all these horrendous things about myself i just set you free i bless you and i just this 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 force of the universe this power of the universe this love of god is in me and i can just open the doors and i do and i did and i opened the doors all over him i drenched him with the love of god and with the freedom of god with the the power of God, the blessings of God. And I can tell you, I, there may be mild shadows now, occasionally, of those behavior patterns that I'm telling you about, but it's pretty well all gone. Isn't that great? Took me a long time. But just as God, you know, what happened? You know, I, 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 would, I, would, do, I would do something, you know, I don't know what, I can't think of. Anything now. But let's say somebody would do something to me or somebody had, I'd, I'd, I'd be preaching the sermon and through these spectacles that I'm wearing, these filters, I'm just thinking, hmm, that wasn't very well received. You know, everybody had a kind of straight face there. Not too many smiles, uh, not enough applause. And they hated it. <laughs> they hated what I just did. In fact, I think what I did was just was rubbish. In fact, I've got it all wrong. <laughs> you can imagine. I was kind of just doing that. I just I was ne never able to receive affirmation because 
And people say, oh, what you did was great. What you did, you're fantastic. Even, if, even when they did that, it couldn't receive it because deep down inside they had these messages. <laughs> Actually, I'm just all wrong. And I know that, well, <laughs> well actually, as I'm, as I'm having one of those times, God gave me a picture, and it was a real weird picture. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Because I, I was imagining myself in Mr. Backhouse's study, and I'm just standing in front of him there, and he wouldn't let me sit down for two hours until I confessed to stealing. But I had this picture of me standing there, and I said, Jesus, where are you? And suddenly... I was aware of him inside of me and inside of you. And, and then I have this picture of Mr. Backhouse whipping me with a whip. But the whip was going straight through me because I'd suddenly turned transparent and golden. So I was like transparent gold that you could see through. But, and there was Jesus right in the middle of me and the whip landed on him. And Jesus said to me, I'm in you and you are golden. Because I'd said, you know, what's the truth? How do you see me, Jesus? You know, I see me, I have seen me as just wrong, uh, trapped. I just see me as wrong and trapped. That's the view I have of me. I said, how do you see me? And he said to me, I'm in you. And the blows are landing on me. And you are golden. And, and the blows are going through you and not landing on you. They're landing on me. And you know, for me, I don't know why, that just wham! It just changed everything. Jesus said, I'm in you. And you are golden. And you know, that truth set me free. That truth. I'd read in the Bible a few times truth about me but it hadn't quite set me free in the same way as hearing him say it to me in that situation at a time when i was just pouring forgiveness out on to this man pouring forgiveness opens the doorways in both directions right i'm letting the love of god flow out of me and as it's flowing out of me it's kind of flowing into me i'm making myself into or at least i'm I'm acting the part of this river that he says I am, these rivers of living water. Living water out, living water in. Living water out, living water in. I'm just, I'm just flowing, right? That's what's happening. As you forgive, you are flowing. You are being what God has said you are. Uh, Probably could stop there. It's a kind of great story. <laughs> um, but just to talk about what forgiveness is. But before we talk about what forgiveness is, what is unforgiveness? You remember the two trees in the garden, don't you? Tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Which tree, and it's kind of obvious, isn't it? I mean, where do you think, which tree do you think unforgiveness is growing on? And why? Why do you think unforgiveness is one of the fruits of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? It's one of, those, it's one of the fruits of that tree 
because the, the, the knowledge of good and evil is, says, this is good, this is evil, that's right, that's wrong. Does that make sense? That's right, therefore you have, that's wrong, so they, for you have to pay for doing wrong. You get present for doing right, right? The law comes from there, doesn't it? You've done wrong, therefore you have to pay. You've done right, so you get praised. The law comes from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Unforgiveness comes from that tree as well. Because unforgiveness says, I'm not going to be right with you until you've paid for what you've done. You hurt me. Right? And, that, and, and the problem is, that hurt, those hurts from the past are often so painful that we kind of bury them so deeply. We don't even know we're there. they're there. And we have to do that because if we're experiencing that pain all day, every day, we kind of go insane. So we squash it down so we don't feel it anymore. But guess what? It's there. And then when somebody comes along and they, and they hurt us, whoa, we want to make them pay. Right? These pains deep down inside, you know, when people touch our pains, we want to make them pay. Right? And this is the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life, God's life. What does God's life say? God's life says, from the beginning of time, I've known, I see everything that you've done. Everything. Everything that mankind has done. And I love you enough to let my forgiveness flow. Right? I'm going to send my... I'm so much I'm going to send my son at this point in history so, so that he should pay the price. So that you can be free. I love you that much. Forgiveness is the fruit of the tree of life. And as you open the doorways and you allow that river to flow, you are engaging in, you are living in, you are passing on the fruit of the tree of life. Okay? You're rivers and trees, guys. You are rivers and trees. And those rivers and trees exist throughout through the whole Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. They're in the heart of God and you're in the heart of God and God's heart is in you. Your rivers and trees. And as you let forgiveness flow, you are feeding people with the fruit of the tree of life. It says, you know, that fruit is good to eat. You are, you, you are edible. <laughs> you, are, you are edible. <laughs> How good is that? People need to eat you. <laughs> Take a bite out of you. You know, get the love that's in there. Probably enough, isn't it? Bitterness. You know, bitterness inside. Where does that come from? Bitterness comes from day by day rehearsing, going over the same story in your mind, the same picture. He did wrong. He needs to pay. I'm going to make him pay. It's rehearsing, eating, eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil all day. Payment, law, wrong. 
it, it's, bitterness comes from that. And bitterness keeps that pain down in there. Right? And, 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 and these crazy ways that we behave. Somebody says something to you and <clears throat> you just want to withdraw. You want to walk back. You want to go in your house. You want to shut the doors. You, you want to hide away. Where does that come from? It comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The pain that's in your heart is being fed by the bitterness that you don't even recognize. They did wrong to me. They need to pay. That really hurts me. Right? And, and, and it keeps generating all these behaviors. And God says, okay, let's just take the lid off that a little bit. Do you want that river of life to flow in there? Maybe in order to take the lid off, you kind of have to expose that pain a little bit. Right? But what's going to happen is whoosh, healing, forgiveness. And as you forgive people, you set them free. You are completely set free. Right? The river of life flows. And I think somewhere in all of that is why my dad could phone up the next day and say, can we talk? Somewhere in all of that was why Barbara <coughs> came to our door within 10 minutes and said, can I, can I make you tea? What a great privilege we have, guys. And Jesus said in, what is it, John? <laughs> John chapter 20, I think, you know, he, he, after he'd been resurrected, he breathed on them. Do you remember this passage? He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And now, whatever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. That's amazing that Jesus should come back after he'd been resurrected and he breathes the Holy Spirit on them. And the first thing he says, go and forgive people. Now you can, now you can. You can do it now. Whatever sins you forgive, they're forgiven. Whatever sins you don't forgive, they're not forgiven. You now have astonishing power. You can be like God on the earth, forgiving sins or not forgiving sins. What are you going to do? You can choose to forgive sins and live from the tree of life, or you can choose to not forgive sins and live in pain and bitterness. It's your choice. We have choices still. We have choices. Hey. I think I'll leave it there. Yeah. Question. Yes. Eglame. Shores. The shore of the beach, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what Ezekiel says in his, his says, you know, when, when the fresh water flows into these dead places, it brings life, it brings things, bring things back to life. And what you are doing as you release forgiveness into people, you're bringing life into death. That's, that's exactly what you're doing. This world without this, our, our universe without this, without the love of God, without the heart of God, without the forgiveness of God, is totally doomed to death. And you are participating in bringing life into death as you forgive. My gosh, it's just, it's just the most astonishing thing, the most astonishing privilege we have. Yeah, what, uh, yeah what, you, what you're saying is, what about those times when forgiveness seems difficult or awkward or you feel like you can't do it? Well, let's, let's just address that one. The question, again, the question is, who are you? And what have you within you? I mean, I'm kind of hoping I've answered those questions. So, and Jesus says, you've got a, you've got a choice here, haven't you? <coughs> Whatever sins you forgive are forgiven. Whatever sins you don't forgive are not forgiven. Sounds a weird, it sounds a weird thing because, you know, he, he's forgiven all our sins, hasn't he? But what he's asking us to do is to participate in the delivery of that forgiveness to the world. He's asking us to participate in the delivery of it. Um, and there's no doubt whatsoever when things are so hurt and you still have pains, and may not even still recognize those pains because they may be buried deeply. Somebody comes along and touches that deep area of pain and you feel like you can't, you don't want to access it because, or, or maybe don't feel able to at this stage. So all that you're feeling is the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right, wrong. Should, they need to suffer, they need to be hurt themselves they need to pay that's the only fruit that you're feeling you kind of then have a choice don't you as a christian you have a choice am i going to do it because they deserve it well i mean let's just be horrendous i mean forgive me i hope this doesn't offend anybody but let's say somebody has sexually abused your child child you're still in a place. Everything inside of you, I would probably want to kill them. You know, <laughs> I really would. And I certainly would not initially want to forgive them. But the question is, what did God do? 
He made that person, didn't he? He made that person who's abusing your child. And he made them, and the making of them is a now issue for him. I'm seeing that person abusing your child now. And I'm still making them. Keep holding them in existence, in fact, whilst I'm doing it. Sorry, these are, these are hard to handle issues. And yet, my love and my forgiveness is paid for them right now. Okay? And the question is for us as Christians, where, where, what, what role are we going to play in that? Are we going to deliver that? Are we going to deliver that love and that unbelievable, and it is unbelievable? It is. I don't know how we believe it. We believe it because he's made us in his image. So there's something inside of us that helps us to believe this, but it's unbelievable. This incredible, compassionate love of God which says, whatever the cost, I'm going to do whatever it takes, even sacrificing my own son. I love these people so much. Are we going to participate in delivering that to the world? And you have a choice. And, and my answer to your question, you know, what about when I don't feel like forgiving somebody? We are not saying that what they've done is okay. It is not okay to sexually abuse my child. And it will never, ever, for all eternity be okay. Never. I'm not saying it's okay. And I'm not saying I'm not actually in agony right now. But what I am saying I'm participating. Ah, I'm participating in the heart of God. I mean, God feels this. I mean, He's made these people, and He's holding them in existence while it's happening. Do you think that is hurting God? Oh, mamma mia, that's hurting God. And you're saying, God, I'm participating with you in your agony, and I'm participating with you in in releasing this. I'm going to deliver this, even in pain. You have a choice do that as a Christian if you want <laughs> you don't have to do it Some, there is a, some people, uh, one little help I've, uh, which I think has been really quite helpful, is uh, we can use certain tricks 
and, and, I, and I, they're kind of tricks. They're simple techniques just to help us understand uh, in situations like that. So, for example, uh, the image of a courtroom. Okay, what kind of... If, 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 if even I'm struggling to want to figure... The tr and, and, I, and I think we also need... I want to encourage you to change your terminology. I would like you to bury forever the concept that you cannot forgive. I'd like you to kill that one. Because from all that we've talked about today, it is absolutely clear that you can forgive. All right? You are forgiveness. You're, 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 you're soaked in it. You're flowing with it. Therefore, you can. It just feels like you can't. And I'd like, I'd like uh, you to be a group of people who say, I'm not going to use that phrase. I'm not going to use that phrase. I can't. I'm going to change it for God has made me forgiveness. This is who I am. This is what I can do. Right? I'd like you to speak that way because we can get trapped in our words. But if we still feel trapped there are, and, and, or we're helping other people who feel trapped in those words and feel that they can't, what they're saying is I feel so much pain, I can't let go of that pain. That's what they're saying and that's true. That is true. What is not true is that they can't forgive. But they're just using that word to represent it. Okay? Um, so to help them forgive, to help them achieve what they can do, this court, the courtroom is really helpful. Imagine God as a judge. All right? And you say, okay, this person who has done something which I feel like I can't forgive. Okay, let's get them to walk into the courtroom. And... God's the Father, or Holy Spirit's there, the judge, or whoever, and say, okay, God, what do you think about what they've done? Disgusting. Okay, that's what I think about what they've done. However, what's the, what's the verdict? Are they guilty? Yes. Okay. What's the punishment? Ah, okay, that's different. What, what's, the, what's, the, what's God on the, on the bench? The judge, what is he going to say? You tell me. Come on, Chris. What's the punishment for what they've done? Yeah, okay. Who's, who's paying the punishment? Jesus, okay. So what's God going to write on the punishment, on the, on the sentence? No punishment. Jesus did it. You are set free, okay? And imagine the judge rolling that up. Are you willing to go? I've done this now. I'm God. Are you willing to give this to her? Are you willing to be the messenger who will pass this piece of paper on? Okay. <laughs> Yay. You forgave the incredibly unforgivable thing that she did. You, 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 you handed it on. It was God who did it. So, but, you know, these, these kind of images um, are kind of techniques to help you not do something that you can't do. It's to helping it, the, these images to help you actually manifest what you can do. Right? The forgiveness of God is, in fact, inside of you. Because God is inside of you.
His love's inside of you. The love that created the universe is inside of you. I know exactly what you're trying to say. Yeah, and and and, and that 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 is in fact a mistake. I think everybody makes. They say, if I don't feel suddenly good and fabulous now, that means I haven't forgiven them. That's garbage. What you've done, uh, listen, see it this way. Forgiveness is not just a sudden, everything's all right now. Because if somebody's abused your child, everything is not all right now. That will never actually be all right. What they did will never be all right. But what you've done is you've, forgiveness is a river, remember? Forgiveness is these rivers of living water. And what you're doing is you're, you're just choosing to let that love of God flow into that situation. And it may take a while for that river to wash away certain bits of garbage and rubbish in your heart. Okay? Uh, it, it may take a while for this river to do all sorts of things, but the river's flowing. And, uh, and you're simply being who God's made you to be. And, and it doesn't mean you have to feel good straight away. Forgiveness is not just uh, suddenly, everything's fine, I feel great. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. It's, a, it's amazing when that happens. All right? But it's not always like that. And uh, I, uh, 
like I said, I, I kind of had to go to this Mr. Backhouse thing, I think probably 40 or 50 times. But I, I can feel it has no, it's just a memory now. The memory hasn't gone away, so it's not changed. But it's not hurting me anymore. I don't think, it, I don't think it's touching me anymore now. And I think that river, that river is just washed and washed and washed and washed. Right. As I've as I've forgiven them, forgiveness has flowed. Yeah, and you know, does that, does that answer your question? Yeah. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.